Hey there, you. What are you doing? You should be buying Dan and Don's new book, Sex Toys and Power Exchange, so they can continue to provide the bandwidth for Erotic Awakening. They are paying for the bandwidth, so do your part. Go buy the book. You can find it at Amazon.com and Kindle and Barnes and & Noble and all those other things. Sex Toys and Power Exchange. Adventures and Lessons of a Naughty Power Exchange Couple. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Wanted to thank that insane person for stopping by and doing that (laughs) opening bump for us. Um, Always interesting people stopping by here to do those. It's very fortunate for us (laughs) that I don't have to claim to know any of them. So uh, on today's podcast, we will be talking about... uh, So we were at Kinky College not too long ago. Yes. And after one of our presentations that we did, we sat down and we talked with um, four people. Mm -hmm. And we just had this really wonderful conversation. And uh, they were sharing some really interesting ideas about labels and consent and about um, all kinds of neat stuff. So we said, shut up. Yes. Let's get out a microphone and continue this conversation and let us actually interview you. And sometimes we get to interview people like like Lady Elsa and Boy Chris or Mm -hmm. famous presenters or Mm -hmm. uh, Lee Harrington. Right. We've done Jay Wiseman and well, well. We interviewed Lee so many times (laughs) we just gave a podcast and said, here, keep talking. Uh, but Jay Wiseman, people, you know, famous people mm-hmm. like that. But uh, these people, and actually we find out later that they actually run an event, or they used to run an event, they run all this stuff, and they do all this really interesting stuff. But um, it was just a really great conversation, really great topic, and mm-hmm. uh, ended up being a really good uh, theme for the podcast and an interview that we will play later in the show. Yeah, so, and but you know, I kind of find it interesting about how the whole conversation got started. It's because they were in the workshop and you had the intent of getting consent Mm -hmm. from this person by talking to her partner. And she had an issue because you didn't talk to her first. Yes. And whereas in a power, well, in a power exchange audience, that's the right thing to do. Is to ask the person that they're with. Yeah, and and we talk about that some in the interview with Mm -hmm. them and the different types of... So, you know, it's really fun when we talk about consent. And uh, it's very contextual. Yes. Contextual? Where you are is the context of what consent can be. What is context? Context. Contextual. I guess that is a word. (laughs) But it doesn't sound right. We'll just keep going. (laughs) So we got that coming up. We got the uh, question of the day. Uh, really interesting question about anticipatory service. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we've got uh, not a whole lot else. Not a whole lot else. So, but uh, eh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about by the time we get started. I imagine so. So, but we are kind of tired. We did a car ride over the weekend, so for a for a one night event, but we had a great time with it. So we did the the feast of screams. So and that is out in the fun. woods of Indianapolis, Indiana, mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where we ended up, and neither was the GPS, which no, we had found. Yeah, was got to a certain point and said, "Fuck it, I'm not." You guys find it from here. All I know is I saw the skyline of Indianapolis, and then we kept driving out in the woods and out in the woods. <laughs> really neat little, um, and I, you know, actually, I wasn't even going to mention it because it wasn't like, because um, sometimes we go to events as mm-hmm. presenters or authors or personalities of some sort, right? And here we were just going to a small gathering of friends yeah it was and that was, was really neat to be um invited to that and mm-hmm. take part in that and um oh yeah sure well we ended up selling some books anyway because we were there and we had books right but, but they had demos there and we weren't really part of it other people were doing the demos so it was kind of neat to just sit back and watch that and be, so, and be nobody yeah. for a change and that was really nice and got a, i did get to be demo bottom i've still got marks on do. my back i jumped right up and did the uh fire cupping you did indeed <laughs> and uh it looks like um tentacles <laughs> across your back is really what fire it cupping does. looks like it so does. have you found george yet i have not found george george <laughs> is on hiatus there is no there's not many places in this place to hide but he's hidden i'm not exactly sure where he went <laughs> yes i didn't i did not move him or misplace him i don't think me neither and and i i even coated him all down with cornstarch mm-hmm. got him a fresh bag to put him in for um people that are new to the podcast george is not our pet cat or someone that lives with him or or a gerbil or a a, uh service slave george is a giant purple tentacle dildo though i bet a service slave would like to be cornstarch down it's like it's it's like finer than baby powder and it just kind of hmm Slides around. I'll keep that on the menu for the next time we see him. <laughs> but he's missing, so I can't even make him jealous. Not that I want to make George jealous, but if he saw my back right now, he'd be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it's hard to segue in some of the things we talk about. So, uh, as you mentioned, the, the Feast of Screams, we had a good time there. Um, got our picture taken. Our, uh, he wore our Charlie Brown and Lucy Yes. Um, our, our little costume. We could tell who saw our skit at GLA yes. two Augusts ago. <laughs> Apparently, though, I should have shaved and worn the skull cap, the bald cap, though, to look more Charlie Brownish. Yeah, probably so. You're you're an older Charlie Brown. Yes. <laughs> much much older Charlie Brown. Um, and all right, so that's that. Let's just get into this question of the day. Okay. So, Dawn, do you consider anticipatory service as a goal, or is that topping from the bottom? Um, I actually see it as a goal. So what is anticipatory service? Anticipatory service is guessing or knowing what your master needs before he speaks up or she speaks up. So this suggests, I suppose... That you're uh, because some of you may be listening to the first time mm-hmm. to the podcast, so that implies that there's some kind of a power exchange relationship going on. Yes, and you're in the person's in service to someone, right? And they're going to guess what the person wants before they say they ask want it. for it, right? So, and 
and I've just, you know, I used to worry at the beginning that it was topping from the bottom, you know, because I would bring you a drink before you asked, or I would pack something before you asked, or, you know, and, and it kind of had a weird feeling to it because you weren't asking me for it. And I kept thinking you should be telling me to do things. And then, you know, what if I got you a drink and you didn't want it? You know, maybe that was topping from the bottom or, Mm -hmm. you know, if I got you your meds and you didn't want your meds at that point and here I am telling you it's time to take your meds, you know, that can feel like it's topping from the bottom. It can feel like it's uh, making demands on your master. And I kind of got over that because it is my job to take care of you. And so it's a goal for me to see that you need coffee before you need coffee. Now, if I've guessed wrong and I bring you the coffee, doesn't mean you have to drink it. <laughs> Good point. You know, you can say, no, not right now. Take it back or just leave it alone or, you know, what, whatever happens to happen. So, but I think, and for many of the slaves that I talk to, it is a goal. I actually have slaves that will ask me, so how do you know what they want before they say they want it? And for me, it just comes with experience. So let me let me ask you this, which mm-hmm. will seem a little um, off track, perhaps. Okay. Um, let's say we're driving down the road. We're driving to um, oh, <laughs> someone's house. Okay. I was going to out someone. Oh. <laughs> and say we're going for a repeat, scene number two, but I won't Ooh. out anyone. Mm. Um, <laughs> and we're on our way to their house, and you yes. notice that Main Street's coming up and I'm supposed to turn on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And I am not turning on Main Street. I'm about right. to just drive right by Main Street. Should you speak up and say, hey, dumbass, you're missing your turn? I never say dumbass. No. But um, we, we actually had this discussion a while back because um, a friend of mine way back when was reading a book called The Surrendered Wife. And, but it wasn't really about power exchange. And in this book, it was saying, no, you never speak up if your male partner misses a turn or an exit. You let them figure it out, and that way they become more empowered. And I asked you, because that was confusing to me, and I was like, sir, is that what you want me to do? Because I thought you had told me that it's okay for me to give you direction, that you expect me. Mm-hmm. to point out that there's an exit coming up. I just have to be respectful with how I do it. So if we're coming up on Main Street and you're getting ready to pass Main Street, usually I look over to see if you have the GPS one anymore. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. usually she's telling you a different way. Or I'll ask you, sir, do you have the GPS on? Or, sir, did you mean to take another way? Or, sir, did you have another place in mind? You know, maybe you're going to Starbucks instead of mm-hmm. Main Street. So I just try to... to um, be respectful with how I word it. Because sometimes you're like, oh, shit, no, I did mean to take Maine. Erk. Right. <laughs> um, and the, the fact that the recommendation came from a perspective of a um, male leader, male leader, female follower. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually an MS book. It no. was a, a, somebody using it as a modification of an MS path. Mm-hmm. Did not fit. Um, how, do you, how do you know? So you mentioned that. How do you know? So how do you know if I want a cup of coffee? How do you know if it's time to take my shoes off? How do you know if, I, if I'm ready for ice cream? Well, usually, um, well, there's two things. <laughs> for one, I, I ask, but that's not anticipatory. <laughs> right, good point. <laughs> um, the other part is just to be very mindful. Mm. 
and to be in the moment. If I am in the moment and not concentrating on my computer, not concentrating on a project, not concentrating on editing something, you know, if, if I'm not concentrating on something else, and let's be honest, sometimes there's a video game in there somewhere that I'm paying attention to. But if I'm not doing that and I'm being mindful, I'm, I'm very aware, you know, of what you need. Mm-hmm. So, or at least thinking I know what you need. And that could lead to a question or it could lead to a, well, sometimes a question, sir, do you mind if I take off your shoes? Sir, would you like your shoes off now? Mm -hmm. You know, or I could just sit in front of you and you'll hand me your feet or not. Mm -hmm. So, but I think getting away from the, the topping from the bottom is by not expecting them to do what you think they should be doing. So if I sit in front of you and you don't hand me your feet, I'm not grabbing them. (laughs) To me, that's topping from the bottom. You will now take off your shoes because I deem it so. You know, for me, um, one of the things that I do as a, as a uh, dominant or a master is to instill a sense of confidence into people that are serving me. I want them to be confident, mm-hmm. and I want them to take chances, and I want them to roll the dice, and I want them to be mindful and say, it looks like his cup is two-thirds empty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that he wants a refill and just do it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm, and, and this is something that we worked on a lot in the beginning of our relationship is that level of anticipatory service. I certainly don't want to have to micromanage anyone. You know, I want you to get to know me. And once you get to know me, you realize what I want and what I don't want. If it's something as simple as controlling the remote control or taking a country drive, or maybe I am going to Starbucks, or mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, maybe I need some item or whatever, uh, a blowjob, <laughs> I expect you to be aware of the surroundings. Like you said, it's just mindfulness. Yes. It's mindfulness to be aware of the surroundings and it's confidence that it's okay for you to make to take that guess and go ahead and serve dinner mm-hmm. because you believe, you feel, you know me, you anticipate. Yes. That it, it, I'm ready to eat. And the solution to that not being a problem is that if I say I don't want more coffee Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to eat take it away Mm -hmm. that it's not a blow to your ego it's not a big deal it's a lesson and you check put a checkbox and you just keep going and you try it again later Mm -hmm. Um, don't take things personally that's that's one of them and you know and Sometimes I'm still okay with asking the questions. If you're in the middle of a project, but it's getting late at night, and I know it's almost bedtime, but we usually eat ice cream, sometimes I'll serve it up and it'll sit there and melt for a little (laughs) bit, (laughs) like the other night. And, you know, sometimes I'll just ask, you know, are you ready for ice cream now? The, The key to whether it's anticipatory service or topping from the bottom is actually intent. intent. What is the intent that you have? Is your intent to serve master in a pleasing way, or is your intent to get what you want? Mm-hmm. So that's that. Any other anything else on the old? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm really hoping people have questions about it or ideas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you do have questions about it or ideas or some thoughts about, you know, how you do anticipatory service or questions that we didn't cover, there are a variety of ways to contact us. Such as the Got Comment form on the webpage? Or voicemail, 206-309-0054. 
Are there other ways to contact us as there well? There are. <laughs> what about where we will be presenting or past podcast episodes? Ooh, all of that stuff can be found on the website, www.eroticawakening.com. New to that website, which mm-hmm. has not been there prior to this, is a page, if you go to podcast, there's a drop-down menu with all the podcasters. And now there's a new page for Sir Top and Slave Bonnie. Nice. So I'm so glad we added them to the lineup. We've actually had a lot of positive feedback with that. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned here that someone named Bambi loved the show and mentioned so on the contact form. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sexy Sadie recently just told us that they thought it was a wonderful addition and they enjoyed hearing from them. Absolutely. And on Fet Life, we've heard from Michael's Kitty and Crypt Keeper and Goddess Goldie and a few others. So I just like doing the, the shout outs when we mm-hmm. have a new, you know, a new podcast host. And yeah. And that's great for great us stuff. to hear. We roll the dice and we say, yeah, you guys give it a shot mm-hmm. and uh, made it happen. And people giving us some positive feedback. And... And, and Sir Top really took a risk and oh, yeah. um, opened up and talked about some deep stuff. So, you know, it's pretty amazing. And as always, and, you know, I, and I leave it to each host to handle their own shows. But anybody that says, well, I, I listened to that, but, you know, I feel this way or I think this. As always, we're always open to comments and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So jump on that microphone and tell us what you think. Um, Absolutely. So I want to do another shout out too. You do. So we have had some comments about the second book and oh, good. Earth Mother from FetLife is enjoying the second book. So I'm hoping to hear <laughs> a little bit more about how it's going over because that second book is a little bit different than yes. the first book. <laughs> it was it was really it was strange actually. We had uh, we were in at the this Feast of Screams uh, event and somebody purchased the second book from us and we said oh gee that's very nice of you to purchase the book and they they sat there in the common room and they started reading it and i was like don't fucking read it now read it later when i'm not looking this is too nerve-wracking for me unless you think it's really really good and then keep looking over at us and give us a thumbs up (laughs) i would say though another way to give us a thumbs up is by helping us get the word out about the podcast yes and you can do that via rating us on itunes Mm-hmm. Tweeting about us on Twitter. Or using the Facebook. Apparently there's a function called like. Yes. So, And you know, the podcast awards, we should have. Oh, yeah. yeah, we won't know that for a couple of more days. So as to who won the podcast awards. So I'm kind of looking forward to <laughs> I, I if hope we that this it's year. either us and if it, or if it's not us. Um, that is the Dark, dark Angel. Or, yeah. or uh, Dark Angel in. Um, the Dark Side and. Oh, not, not nice. nice. Fuck. <laughs> That'll get me spanked later. And I hope it's not one of those stupid podcasts where um, using the word fuck as every third word yeah. is considered comedic. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> All righties. Um, and Dawn, that just rips us right over to our... Um, well, almost. Almost. what I miss? Things that are coming up. So, like, if you wanted to buy a copy of the book and get it on, you could get it via Amazon and buy uh, a copy, or mm-hmm. you could get it on your Kindle, and mm-hmm. I would be happy to sign your Kindle if you wanted to. <laughs> or we could sign it in person at one of our upcoming appearances. Yes. So, we have three upcoming appearances. We've got uh, the Purple Rose Society a couple of weekends from now. That's up in Akron, and I think we're doing... Using power exchange to bring out your slutty self. 
Oh, that'd be fun. And um, the next day, we were doing In L.A. Columbus, where they want us to talk about our title run and mm-hmm. stuff. They did a lot of support with us and, you know, threw a party together for our travel basket. Just all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. And, and mm-hmm. they're wanting to, to know how that went for us. And then we have Spanksgiving in St. Louis. So... That'll be fun. So we'll have the books with us in all those places. And if you can't make it to those three, you can also find the book on our website. And if you buy it from the website, we can still sign it and mail it to you. Absolutely. So, yay. And that would be Erotic (laughs) Awakening. And then on the left-hand side, you'll find a little book icon you can click on. That'll take you to the book page. Yes. Um, And I think that's it until we get to the topic. Okay. <laughs> so you were alluding to this earlier um, about I made an assumption about consent and who we ask and people respond different ways. And what, And I don't want to dig too much into it now because we dig into it in the... Mm-hmm. Um, into the interview. Into the interview. Thank you. Um, and it's really, it's, it is, by the way, we're recording on October 31st. And it's hard to pay attention because I see all Are these ghouls seeing? and goblins walking <gasps> by outside. Them walk- oh, yeah, we got to get out there with the candy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or eat the candy ourselves and fuck those little... Uh, but anyway, that's <laughs> terrible. Speaking of consensuality. <laughs> yes. um, so we have this really interesting conversation about some terms and some language mm-hmm. and where we come at from where we come from at to get there. It was really interesting when we wrote Living MS to write down some terminology. Yes. And say this is, you know, when we see this word, this is what we mean. And I had to start off this chapter on terminology with uh, my own little rant mm-hmm. that words can have different meanings to different people. And for a while there, being the Buddhist that I am, I got mm-hmm. into this whole anti-label thing. Right. Because labels can also be somewhat limiting i mean you take Mm -hmm. the obvious example if i call myself a heterosexual male that's an obvious limitation when i introduce myself that way if you're a gay male or a bisexual male you've made a decision in your head now oh i see that you're Mm -hmm. i've made a a limitation right some people like limitations some people don't that's fine um and i have to find my and i find myself that particular label for me is very tricky because i have not engaged in sexual activity in my mind Mm-hmm. See, now even this part gets very confusing. Very, yes. Not confusing, but uh, I just, uh, tricky. Yes. Right? Because what some people consider sexual, some people would look at what I've done and say, dude, that's your hand and another man's cock. Mm-hmm. That's sexual. Right. Or you keep kissing Master L. That's <laughs> sexual. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Right, mm-hmm. so that's the the trick about labels. Right, um, I can't really call myself a heterosexual male mm-hmm. unless I caveat that with currently. Right, um, I have no interest right now in in having what I would consider a sexual encounter with a male, but I haven't met a sexually attractive male, at least one that I'm overly sexually attracted. Right, to. right, that really sings to you. Right, right. Um, Whereas when I found labels, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it was like, oh, I got this thing that I think that I am and I got this thing and I don't know how to define it. And, you know, sometimes it's just the way people think and and what really works for them. For me, when I found the label of submissive, 
it was like a light bulb went off. And now that I have this label, you know, I know where to start researching and I know where to start finding information and I know what to call myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I, I became slave and it's like, whoa, now I know what this is. And, and the trick is, and I think we talk about this when, when we're talking with them as well, is the trick is, is to not let that limit you. So yes, I embraced submissive. Yes, I embraced slave. Yes, I embraced pagan. Yes, I embraced uh, Kaddishti. Yes, I embraced, you know, all kinds of different labels, but I didn't let them limit me. You know, I, I learned from them and then reached outside the box. That's why if I go to describe myself now, I use, I have to use like 10 different words, you know, a shamanistic pagan priestess, Kaddishti, slave grandma, you know, <laughs> and it just goes on and on. So because people do like labels so that they have sure. a, a, um, a terminology to work from. Oh, and, and, and you look at FetLife and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, the, the, the role, the labels that I can select for myself include dominant, switch, master, mistress, submissive, slave, top, bottom, fetishist, kinkster, sadist, masochist, sadomasochist, vanilla, unsure, not applicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, sexual orientation, there's like 18 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the interesting bit is, the, so on FetLife currently, my I have the label as master. Right. Um, but even in that, am I a master at my job? Um, you know, that gets to be a funky conversation. But look at the relationship I have with Karen. That's not a master-slave relationship. Am I still a master when I'm with her? You know, when you are uh, in, with your... Indiana hookup, mm-hmm. and I hope you get the two of you hear that in the most complimentary manner, you know, uh, it's fun to think, how do you go there, right? right. Do you go there as my, as a, you're not going there as their slave. No. You're going there as their rental property, perhaps, but not their slave. Right. Um, but you are going there as my slave. Yes. You know, and even in vanilla settings, I am still a master. Yes. I am just not being actively dominant actively mastering certain situations right but you own us yeah but you own a slave therefore you can be a master and i am a slave therefore i can be titled yeah so but uh yeah yeah i i know (laughs) i I can sit it it, it does bend the brain so but i can tell people you know i am always your slave therefore i am slave does not mean i am slave to whoever i'm with Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, so it gets a little tricky. And, you know, we just had this wonderful conversation, uh, a, a speech or a presentation by Shane of Trans Ohio. Yes. Where we continually to fuck with the labels and the gender roles mm-hmm. and how you, you know, find yourself. So hopefully, so we have this wonderful interview. Hopefully that's going to help us unfuck it a little bit. Yeah. And we talk about consent and we talk about Mm-hmm. Some terminology and well, stuff. Well, I love that they brought up the word queer. Yeah. How many times have we tried to define queer or have someone try to define queer? And and though um, people have really tried and done a good job with it, I, I think these guys get another essence of it. And to me, that that's one of those words that the very power of the word, the power of the label comes from the lack of definition. Mm-hmm. So let's hear what they have to say about it and what we had to say in return. And listen to me trying to cover my ass for my social (laughs) 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 (laughs)
<laughs> and there's usually a warning at the beginning of the podcast, oh, too. Okay. So, yeah. So, here's the warning at the beginning of this interview. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the fucking podcast. <laughs> Use whatever language you want. Mm-hmm. So, Dawn, uh, yesterday after our workshop, and here we are, we're still at Kinky College. Yes. And we're actually um, getting ready to check out and get we're back all on the road. Packed up and ready to go. But we were having a wonderful conversation last night with some people that we met after one of our presentations. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, I wish I had a mic. I wish I had a mic. Wait a fucking second. I got a mic. <laughs> so, we invited you guys up to the room here. And, I, and we'll start off by I'll ask you to introduce yourself just so our, our podcast listeners know who we're talking about. And we're going to start over here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, hi, my name is Mara, and I am a queer, identified, high femme, switch, kink, sometimes <laughs> pro dom, sometimes uh, party thrower nice. at our home, and I will pass the mic a la Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Jesse. I am queer, butch, but still identify as a woman, and my other identifier would probably be a nerd, and, <laughs> and quiet and shy, so that's about it. And you're my part, and more partnered. Yes, that's how I mean. <laughs> Thank you for identifying that we are partners oh. for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm Garrett. Um, I am a male bodied, attractive male bodied for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> and he is. <laughs> Yay. Just kidding. Vain, uh, no. Uh, male bodied, but um, queer and, and often woman identified. I, I sometimes identify as a lesbian, especially to my little lesbian Jewish boss. We, we uh, bond around that. Um, but male-bodied, um, switch, queer person. Okay. Who is, and I am partnered with the person who will identify themselves currently. <laughs> okay, my name is Jen. Um, I identify as a queer white woman who mm. has uh, grown up with uh, middle-class parents, so coming from um, that background, and I identify as a switch um, and I also, I think I would say I identify as somebody who really loves to, to talk about things. And so <laughs> it's nice to come and have a conversation about consent because that's one of my favorite things to talk about. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So we're going to start off. I'm going to not ask about consent to start with. Awesome. Because I'm, avoid, I'm going to avoid that for a little bit. Because okay. as people that might have attended the class, well, actually, they all left at that point. I managed to kick myself in my own consent nuts yesterday when I went to talk to you. We'll come back to that in a second. But I want to start off with you. You all used the word queer. You identify as queer. Yeah. Yes. We did a, uh, a podcast some time ago mm-hmm. about the word queer, and I'm still not quite getting it. It sounds like anybody who feels like it. Now, if you identify as a lesbian, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. If you identify as hetero, I know what mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm. If you identify as queer, it kind of implies you're open about your... <laughs> yeah, see, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it yet. Wait, which is, I think, one of the best things about queer is that you can't just assume you have to have a conversation with the person to really know what they're about. Ooh. Yeah, and it, it's an identity that, that kind of implies the complexity around identifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it, it does invite that deeper 
conversation about really getting to know someone without having a single label to identify them by. So do you ever, uh, so Garrett, do you ever have that happen where you, if you identify as queer, where you'll say, oh, so you, do you sleep with guys? Is that what that means? Um, I think that, that generally will come up, and especially in, I think for people who are less familiar with the, the identi identity of queer, queer identity, um, it comes up a lot more where they're, they're curious what that exactly means because they may see Jen and I interacting in a in a sexual way or or lovey way, but then I often I I kind of present as gay man sometimes <laughs> to people. Um, so I think it can like it can night. it can create a lot of confusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that hopefully you know if people really want to know they'll they'll come and ask. That's mm -hmm. how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. Other people may be like I'm queer and that's none of your fucking business. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, it's true. For me, I think what queer says is it just brings in a fluidity and then like a, a spectrum of of gender, of sexuality, of all of it. Because lesbian is really identified and very pointed, <laughs> as in I'm dating Mara. That makes sense to people only because there's a very distinct definition, but it doesn't express all of the people that I like to have sex with or all of the people that I'm attracted to more mm -hmm. so and it doesn't express a lot of my gender things also just it doesn't take into consideration any or a lot of the variations that people feel mm -hmm. and want to express but mm -hmm. Maybe feel boxed in by that. We use the word that I was thinking of as I was listening to you guys, and that it is fluidity mm -hmm. yes. of something. So mm -hmm. maybe within mm -hmm. yourself of how you mm -hmm. define yourself as gender or sexuality mm -hmm. or something like that. But there's some sort of fluid, some sort of scale, some sort of mm -hmm. not boxed. I think mm -hmm. also for me that to some degree, especially when I was first identifying as queer, there was a political component to it okay. in the sense of um, queer queer previously meaning like not normal or turning something on its head and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that piece about it um, because it's a little bit of a of a rebellion or um, a pro, a re right a reclamation a, a just a of going back to the, the sort of don't assume or like don't box yeah, the hands you know and, right. and not in a petulant way I think that sometimes um, mm. Using identity as a political statement can, mm -hmm. at least for me, become this sort of like uh, kind of intense push pull. I'm mad. Don't don't assume that I'm something, right. especially because I am often read as straight, mm -hmm. which for me is really intense because I'm not straight, but I'm read as straight all the time, and that comes with its own privileges. You know, right. the fact that Garrett and I can pass as a straight couple is a it has its own oh, yeah. privileges really intensely, um, and not just that we can pass, but we can also claim the, the physical legal privileges of right mm -hmm. too um, but so queer for me also has a political component too. so do you find queer as as uh, mm, using the label queer as the label do you find it it can be kind of healing or um, a, a method of figuring out yourselves and and yes. I, what I'm kind of asking is because for me when I first started Figuring out who I was, I needed labels. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling submissive. I'm feeling a 
slave. Oh, that's what a slave is. That's what I'm feeling. Okay, I'm going to put myself in this box for a little bit. This is how slave is defined. I found my label. And then after a while, of course, it's like, oh, okay, but I'm not totally this. You know, and then I can start pulling myself out and looking at other things. But queer feels like it's like big. And then you can start looking at the little things inside. Yeah. So, I, for, I'd like to answer that. Okay. For me, um, you know, I, I had kind of a, it was a long kind of painful journey towards accepting queerness. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I was socialized as a, as a man, but really identified as a, as a woman in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, raised by my mom and two sisters, and they put me in, you know, their little <laughs> bikinis and whatever. Because you know? um, it's cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I also feel strong sexual attraction towards female-bodied people mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, so for me, it was weird to, like, have all these kind of amorphous feelings mm-hmm. around my my gender identity and my gender presentation, what I was comfortable, like, with the clothes I was wearing um, out in public and stuff versus how I felt inside and you know, who I was sexually attracted to. And so for me, under, like the word queer just opened up all these possibilities of like, I don't have to be gay to feel a certain way about my gender. And if mm. I feel a certain like attraction towards a male-bodied person, I don't necessarily, that doesn't like turn everything around for me. <laughs> um, so for me, it was it was more of, you know, I, I, I can see how like having a, a more defined identity simplifies things for a period of time. Uh, for me, I've always been kind of a, a tweener. You know? <laughs> I never really fit in any one, one group, and so like the identity of queer felt so inclusive um, that it was it was really liberating to just nice. like the word to define what I was feeling just like opened up a, mm-hmm. a world of possibilities in my mind. Um, and that's very neat. And 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 to to shift things along a little bit. I mean, for myself, we, we the last interview we did, and we we're doing some back to back interviews. We were talking about uh, a particular person. I won't name their name. That um, there was a, a transsexual male who happened to be the best kisser at the mm-hmm. kissing booth. And when I, I I was kissing this person. It didn't strike me to say, oh, my gosh, am I not a heterosexual male anymore? <laughs> but since they're transsexual, perhaps that means they're more female than they blah, 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 right? <laughs> Instead of getting into that whole mind fuck of what am I, mm-hmm. is to get away from that. So, to, And it's so funny. I started off by asking you guys to give yourself labels. <laughs> and it sounds like that. The problem is, our, our, I mean, now, Amara, you started off with like 18 labels. To try and say, this is who I am. Let me give you a picture of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, Jesse, you had less labels. You're, you're pretty much a butch nerd was your label that you had. <laughs> pretty accurate. Right. But none of these labels are worth a damn, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like these labels cause you more difficulty in spre- expressing your sexuality? And do you mind if I ask you, Garrett, what you were wearing last night while you were seeming? Do you, that, mind do you mind explaining that? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. It was cute. It was cute. It was fantastic. Nice, uh, cowboy boots and then some argyle socks pulled up a little over those and then some fishnets and a garter under those and then some roughly pink panties and That's then a little uh, polka dot pink panties <laughs> and then a little like cami, like spandex pink cami shirt. Sparkly hoop earrings. Sparkly hoop earrings. A little ribbon, a little... Yeah, pretty femmy. Pretty... But the yeah. cowboy boots and the argyle socks just did it yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Like, wow, yeah. chest and muscles <laughs> and like yeah, big no, because you know, because so you know when it screamed, yeah, because you have the, the little beard going mm-hmm. and yeah, but you know it just screamed to me confidence, 
you know, oh, whatever, okay. whatever, because I couldn't label you at all, you know, yeah. so it just came across as confident energy. Mm-hmm. This is cool. This is doing it for me. I'm wearing cowboy boots and argyle socks. <laughs> so have you found as the four of you have traveled through the lifestyle, I don't know how long you guys have been doing this. We've talked a little bit about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that the labels are more problematic or destructive even in exploring who you are because you know if somebody said oh did you see that guy playing last night with the cowboy boots what do you, you know what kind of person is that i'd say he's a person i guess you know mm-hmm. I, you know i i i wouldn't have a label mm-hmm. i can make something up probably it's but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i think what it, what the labels do and this could be negative or positive. I mean, it just depends on how you're viewing it. it stating the label depends on who you're talking to. But I think if you're talking to someone who doesn't have the language to have the like queer conversation, mm-hmm. I think using labels can bring in assumptions mm-hmm. with that person, which can be good and it can be bad because it can help facilitate the conversation, but it can also like totally change... Or like it can draw a picture that isn't exactly what you're mm-hmm. what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So the like I was really feeling a need to talk about assumptions and like what labels bring into yeah. a conversation and what people then assume about you and how queer kind of instead of having that assumption right at the get go, you have to talk about it because you mm-hmm. have to ask questions mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to think about it. And yeah, I kind of like that because, like, slave people come in, you know, that's a label. People mm-hmm. come in with assumptions. What right. does this yeah. mean? You know, yeah. instead of saying, well, what does slave mean to you? You yeah, know, yeah. whereas queer is so open ended, mm-hmm. they have to ask. There's mm-hmm. no, or they don't, and then you can have a conversation with them anyway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, maybe they make that assumption, and you have to say, actually, that's yeah. not what that means to me, and here's how. Here's how I work in the world. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it can't be quite that simple. There's a lot of there's a lot of culture around queer. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's right. queer yeah. subcultures that totally. might identify queer as different things. Yeah. Right. So it's it's different things to different people. But uh, I find something about labels for me, and this is moving more away from the queer identity, but kind of touching on what you had um, spoken of, Don, when you sort of had this aha moment around like slave and mm-hmm. oh and for me like identifying as a high femme mm. was really wonderfully liberating because yes. it was like you know through the looking glass it was like opening this door to mm-hmm. this whole p- culture that I mm-hmm. identified with but I had no framework for it so like reading Stone mm-hmm. Butch Blues and mm-hmm. seeing something modeled that mm-hmm. I wanted to mm-hmm. know that like I can be a part of that culture and that's something that I can identify with was really gratifying that like I can want to wear yeah. high heels and diamonds and all of these things and want to be with a person who is a very male presenting person and that doesn't diminish my like that doesn't mean that I like secretly want to be straight which is yeah. what the dialogue mm-hmm. in yeah. my own head uh-huh. was right. uh-huh. of yeah. like well what kind of fucking lesbian are you uh-huh. because <laughs> you don't want to wear flannels or Birkenstocks like I really want to wear like a Mirabu yeah. heels with a pink and, bow in your and hair a pink bow. <laughs> and, you know so yay very neat um so to cycle around a little bit. So if I if I happen to be uh, female-bodied, female-identified, 
And Mara, I said, ooh, Mara, Jesse's really hot. I really dig the whole nerd thing. I was kind of hoping we could talk Apple a little bit, right? And I were to approach, and I can see you guys are a couple. <laughs> you know where yeah, this is right? Going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering my ass backwards. <laughs> so to uncover my ass, let's just get straight to the point. When you guys are at an event as a couple, do you want to be approached at all? I mean, do you expect to be approached? Do you expect to get hit on? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> Launched her walk through the world. Right. <laughs> she wants everyone to hit on her. I do. Which is great. Flirting is like breathing before you get So we were talking last night about consent. And the, the reason that this comes up was that I was going to demonstrate something on Jen. And because I, in my vision, I see, oh, Jen and Garrett are clearly a couple. The energy, the way they're sitting, they're touching each other. So prior to asking Jen, if I can make contact with Jen, I thought the respectful thing to do would be ask consent from Garrett. Mm -hmm. First, do you mind if I make overtures to, pardon the barbaric terminology, do you mind if I make bar, um, overtures towards your woman? Right? <laughs> red flag, red flag, ding, 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 ding. I responded really well to that by jumping all over you and yes. being like, what <laughs> but, but so, and that's a legitimate yeah. response, right? Do you feel, Garrett, that that kind of like says, wait, what the fuck about me? Do you not respect my relationship? Now, I tell you, my flip side, my vision of this is if uh, Mara, if you approach Dawn and said, hey, you want to go get busy, even though you recognize that her and I are in, that's disrespectful to me, not mm -hmm. the power exchange wise, mm -hmm. but the fact that this is a relationship. A relationship Absolutely. And yeah. I would say so in how, that situation, I would say, hey, I'm very interested in you with your sparkly <laughs> shirt and curvy body and your nice shiny eyeballs and everything. And I would be interested in having a conversation. And I noticed that you're also partnered. Um, what, mm -hmm. what, what kind of boundaries do you guys have? Uh, I would be interested in some negotiation if that's something you would be interested in. And what does your guys' negotiation so look not like? So not assuming mm -hmm. what our protocol is and mm -hmm. uh, asking with, right. with respect. And, and for clarity's sake, I'm not trying to cover my ass. I fucked up. No, no. <laughs> I got no problem with owning my fuck ups. But I think it's an interesting thing um, for me just walking through the world as somebody who is read as straight with the power dynamic that exists in our culture around male-bodied and female-bodied people to have you ask my male-bodied partner before talking to me really tripped some things in me that I don't I don't know if I mean I am I am partnered with someone who's male-bodied so I'm not sure if it would have happened the same way if he wasn't male-bodied. Uh, yeah, there was a place that, like this where right? there's so much like oh, male-dominant, dom female submissive, which I I I'm not, I don't identify that way. Right. Um, but it, I really, I, I almost wish that I had, I mean, and I do wish that I had responded just a little bit differently in the sense of not jumping on you because I see that your, your second piece was then to ask me and that your goal was to respect mm. my relationship. And yeah. as someone who identifies as queer and open, like mm -hmm. in, a, in a degree of openness in our relationship, I'm constantly talking about how I want to be respected when somebody goes up and is interested in my partner. Sure. And mm -hmm. so it's so funny to me that that was, that was, it seems like your intention was to respect the other partner. Uh, and right. that my um, experience of that was, was very different. And I think that there is, I mean, wow, boy, do I value that piece of like, okay, so you're interested, I'm interested in Don. Mm -hmm. I also want to honor that you and Don have right. a relationship. Right. And so what's the right way to do that? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think an interesting learning for us was that, 
you know, we have we we've done some organizing, um, bringing different kind of aspects of like a sexuality, uh, gender expression, you know, very uh -huh. various and sundry um, kind of corners of the of the alternative lifestyle movement together. Um, and so we created our own brand of, of really explicit consent. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, but it's, I think it's good for us to realize that that's our own, yeah. our own idea of what yeah. consent is and yeah. our own idea of how to negotiate around that. And it, it was, it was really interesting to kind of have that experience of like, well, that's not the only way to, to do that. And mm -hmm. there are, you know, kind of different protocols and different, uh, mm -hmm. different and expectations. Absolutely. And we've talked about how jarring it can be to go from, let's say you go from a, a hardcore leather master-slave power dynamic relation, you know, event, mm -hmm. you know, where if I wanted to, if you identified as somebody's submissive, if I wanted to approach you, there's very clear, oh, may I, if you don't mind, speak to your, and if I approached you first, it would be, oh, you'll have to go speak. Blah, blah, blah. And, and actually, at those type of events, we have a disclaimer at the beginning of the workshops, and if I come and talk to you, but I'm not supposed to talk to you first, please let me know. Sure. I don't want to, to, to yeah. step on your yeah. back. But then if you take that, you know, mm -hmm. and then the next event you go to is a swing club, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you're, you're with your partner, somebody else might walk up and start sucking your nipple, and you'll be like, whoa, wait, I didn't give you permission to do that. Stop. And they're like, oh, okay. Now that you've said no, I understand. Consent oh, is not given. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just both, and show here's the fun part, both are correct. Both are right. Right. Both Just means no means no. Mm -hmm. One, no is assumed first mm -hmm. until yes is said. Mm -hmm. The other, yes is assumed mm -hmm. first until no is said. Which I think so, is a great kind of yeah. way of like encapsulating that idea. Well, and I think this brings up from an organizing point of view, the piece around one of the things that we did when we were doing this organizing, creating this conference, with because we knew that our brand of consent was very different than what many people were used to, we talked about it all the time before mm -hmm. every single workshop there was like a list of yeah. agreements and a definition around consent and I think when because there are so many different spaces with so many different styles of consent having that really explicitly stated I mean to the point where people were saying do we really have to read this again <laughs> I've been to 10 workshops today and I don't need to hear it and you know it was always that sort of yep there might be someone here who doesn't and this is how we set the mm -hmm. set the stage and feeling like oh I would have really I mean, I don't actually know. Maybe it's because I only skimmed the <laughs> literature that I got before I came to this conference. There, there wasn't, I, and I think it's because this is like a, a kink event. Uh -huh. Yeah, but I don't know what that means. Right, right. But I think like 90% of the people kind of have those shared assumptions. And I think that's huh. that's the one thing about, you know, our, our event was we tried really hard to like just level the playing field in terms of assumptions. Yeah. In yeah. terms of you know religion, mm -hmm. gender identity, mm -hmm. like right. what pronoun you want to be called, like oh, that yeah. was part of every single, every yeah, single every thing. single thing. Yeah. Um, you know how how you like to identify your genitalia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Whether you know some people might not like a lot of our workshops were very graphic and, and involved mm -hmm. a lot of physicality, but we would have to like really drill the the instructors or the presenters <laughs> about you know let's not associate a man with right air air quotes a man with a cock mm -hmm. you know, because people may not mm -hmm. identify yeah, don't say boy parts or girl parts yeah. yeah yeah outdoor plumbing indoor plumbing right. <laughs> uh -huh. so. something that i find that this may be a slight digression but it's talking about the 
when you approached Jen and Garrett to ask permission, mm-hmm. the physical observation that I made was you were sitting on one side of Jen and you literally reached across her mm-hmm. to say, is it okay if I mm-hmm. touch Jen? Which the physical space that you then put mm-hmm. her into could have been what made you react in the way mm-hmm. that you did or just like all of a sudden it Maybe just in the sparked it in your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your brain. Where, where, where if it had been me yeah. sitting with you because of the way we identify, uh-huh. I actually would have felt protected. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just very, it's you so know, because yeah. somebody's recognized our relationship yeah. and that he's the one in charge uh-huh. and has put me in a protective Spot. It, it, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's really weird. So, a, a question for Oops. anybody, and just mm-hmm. circle all the way back to where I was laying the groundwork earlier. Yeah. Where is the, the balance between consent and flirting? Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm flirting with you, now That's you a can. Great question. <laughs> we can make consent really simple about the may I touch you. That's sure. very simple, yep. right? But when I flirt with you, I'm touching you far before my right. physical connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's the eye contact, the energetic contact. Yep. So where do you come? Where's the? How do you negotiate the, the flirting with the consent and still being respectful? For, I don't know, but without, if somebody comes and kisses me on my neck without permission from behind, that's not flirting. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a great example of that. There's a, there's a particular person who's very nice mm, and talking uh-huh. to Dawn, and then they, their next step from the, oh, you're a nice person, I like you, that's their next step. Is to reach in and kiss oh my, my neck, and it's like, <laughs> I just freeze, because yeah. it's like, oh my God, I have no clue what to do. Yeah. There was no form of consent whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> But it was the yes versus no. They took right. it as a, sure. until you say no, it's, yeah. Mm. I feel like for me, there's a lot of implied consent. I mean, I'm a person who I am super friendly. I'm very outgoing. I love to flirt. I like a lot of energy with the eyeballs. And I feel like there is, um, you know, you can have a lot of implied consent with non physical contact and so mm-hmm. I feel like that for me is the big separation is you know we'd be talking and oh haha you're funny and <laughs> you know nice dark brows and boy that's attractive and I would usually say compliments and like see how that's received and I would mm-hmm. usually say is it okay if I give you a compliment mm-hmm. not all the time I'm only mm-hmm. medium about that but I feel like that's a pretty safe area because my perception is generally people like to receive mm-hmm. compliments and it's not threatening if energetically it doesn't feel skeezy when I'm complimenting mm-hmm. your eyebrows like oh and they would look nice in my ass crack <laughs> that would maybe be different. a little but so then if I feel like I sense an implied consent, then maybe I would say, oh, well, that's great. I would love to flirt with you a little more. Do you mind if I sit next to you? And can I flirt with you a little closer? And maybe I can put my hand on your back a little and whatever. On and on. So that's my answer. It's, I think it's really interesting, the piece around flirting. I do not consider myself a good flirt. My, I'm like, no. I, if I like you, I just can't talk to you because I my my strategy. Specifically, thought she disliked me for a long time. <laughs> because I was like, oh my god, he, he's very attractive. <laughs> I'm just gonna look away. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. You know, which is a very unsuccessful way of flirting. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciate about Mara, your style of flirting, is it's the same as your style of 
just moving through the world, which is like a hundred percent transparency. So, yeah. and so I mean that can be <laughs> sometimes to my detriment. <laughs> and I don't know if everyone can flirt that way, or everyone should flirt that way. But the piece about like. Oh, I find you very attractive. Is is this okay? You know, even just checking in about just checking how does in. Feel, how sure. does feel? You know, sure. I think that's very awkward if you've never encountered that before. You know, just oh, you're asking me if it's okay if you flirt with me? How strange! <laughs> but I really personally appreciate it, and it makes it's charmingly me, refreshing. Yeah, I just feel like it's charmingly refreshing, and I I feel a level of safety and trust with that person almost immediately if they're checking in. Um. If they're checking in about something that is even just as um, as non-threatening as flirting, and I think then once I have sort of that, you know, it's it's kind of like when you're if you're in the program and you hear somebody using program language, uh-huh. you're like ah ah, what are my people trust? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you could give them that that code back. Are you a friend of Bill? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was about to go back. Or Lois, as I like to say, but nobody understands what that means. I do. I well, do. you do. Yeah. I'll see. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, it's like my very subtle Star Trek thing. Right. It's not a normal. It's not the insignia. It's like the United Federation of Planets thing. So only like, you know, somebody who's really into it would notice. Right. Well, you, I know why you find her attractive. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a sci-fi person. Yeah, you're a, funny, a different, different kind of nerd. Okay. Yeah. Not a geek. <laughs> Different podcast. We'll keep going. Right. <laughs> the nerdist. What I, being with someone who goes about the world in the way that Jen just described, and being a shy person and not a particularly very good at flirting necessarily, mm. I think I can be, but I have to be comfortable with the person before mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference in okay flirting and not okay flirting to me is paying attention to how the other person's responding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I apologize to men because this is a generalization, mm-hmm. but walking through the world with Mara, who's also extremely attractive. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you very much. And flirtatious. Um, <laughs> Big luscious booty. The times that I have a problem with someone flirting with her is when they have absolutely no respect and they just don't pay attention to cues mm-hmm. from either her or they just don't even acknowledge my presence. Uh-huh. And they just continue to either stare and like ogle mm-hmm. without paying any attention to the fact that she's not responding to them or the fact that I'm standing there being like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and they don't even see me. Mm-hmm. It, that's where the difference comes in for me. Right. And if someone's flirting with her, I don't necessarily need them to ask me if they can flirt with her, and I don't necessarily need them to ask her. For me, I don't need them to ask her, but I need them to at least be aware of their surroundings and be conscious of body language and just pay a little bit of attention. I feel like we've had experience where it's been very positive, where like I'll, you'll be like maybe walking behind me, I'll walk by, some dude will check out my ass, and then he'll look up, he'll catch your eyes, <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, sheepish face, and you're like, yeah, well, you know. You know, yeah, he's checking out her do? ass. You need to look at him in the eye and just put your hand on it. <laughs> no, sorry, that's my and I feel like that's been really positive. Yes, and you're like, oh, there hey, are that positive guy. moments where I get really great eye contact, and then there's just the <clears throat> the admittance that, oh God, yes, I was. You know, uh-huh. like uh-huh. The, a little bit of humility uh-huh. in the mix. And I also feel like I've heard you two express experiences where, so 
checking out the ass, looks up, catches your eye, and then does like a bro nod, and uh, how that's yeah, very yeah. validating in some ways. <laughs> but it's an acknowledgement. Right, exactly. Yes. Like, of my you know, presence. Nicely done, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll accept that, yeah. Right. <laughs> I wanted to, to come back to your point, Dan, of that, you know, there's all these different ways of, of doing consent, and that they're all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's yes. a really interesting point and, mm-hmm. and interesting for me to learn. But I think your point, Jesse, is that there are some things that are maybe always wrong as well. <laughs> or maybe not wrong, but are just kind of guaranteed to make people feel uncomfortable or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in that piece about not being aware of your surroundings or the mm-hmm. effect you're having on the mm-hmm. people that you're oh, yeah. in contact with. Is, yeah. We had uh, very clear consent last night to watch a woman. Uh, Uh, Self pleasure. Uh I mean, you cannot be more clear of a consent by putting a chair in the middle of the dungeon Uh and getting naked and playing with your pussy. You know, Uh in the consent, in the rules in our dungeon are if you're in the dungeon, people can watch you. But it wasn't it wasn't consent to walk up and touch though. Right. There wasn't that. Or be involved in the scene. Involved. Right. But it's still right. Exactly. But it's still I could not help myself but find myself feeling like oh am I supposed to be watching? I know. I felt that way too. Yes. And it was yes. the strangest thing in the world, mm-hmm. and we were very fortunate we got a chance to speak with those people that were later, doing that scene yeah. later. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, it's fun to watch you scene. And I was like, we were like watching you. Is that okay? <laughs> said, oh, yeah, we very much appreciate it, being that we were masturbating in the middle of fucking dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for noticing that I'm a foyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's interesting also this piece about there are all different kinds of consent and they're all right. I... Um, I think that I agree with that statement so long as there's some kind of meta consent to the yeah, shared expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I feel like I mean, is it my fault if I walk into a swingers club and somebody starts sucking on my nipples and I freak the fuck out because I didn't know that was the consent? Is that my fault or you know, was it posted? Is it an right. assumed thing? You know, so there's all of those. It's learning the culture because I know we went to a um, half swing, half BDSM party. Mm. We had not <laughs> been in the swing yes. environment Total. before yet, yeah. right? And we're yeah. in heavy yeah. power exchange. Yeah. And, you know, and I come up from the basement, which is where the BDSM wars were, to upstairs where the swingers were to get our toy bag. I'm wearing this heavy ass collar. Uh-huh. Grab the toy bag, stand up, and somebody with a vibro glove goes right onto Whoa. my breast. Mm-hmm. And he's like massaging it. I'm freezing. And he's like, so so what's this doing for you? Oh you know? And my response I'm is, I'm, yeah, totally shut down. But my response was probably not appropriate. But it was like, well, actually, I am late getting this to my master. I'm waiting for him to come look for me and see what you're doing and kick your ass. Uh-huh. You know, so not uh-huh. the greatest response, but it got his hand off my boob. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what else to do. Mm-hmm. But for him, it, it totally shocked him. He'd yeah. been doing it to all the other women, and they enjoyed it. Wow. So totally different environment. They had his, you know, he had their consent. That was the swing uh-huh. environment. Uh-huh. Didn't He had no clue what to do with me and, and my version of consent. Uh-huh. Our experience, though, when we've been to swing clubs, not that we ever go to swing clubs, but when we go to swing clubs, <laughs> is you do sign a waiver when you start you off. You do. You uh-huh. say, this is what this, this is the rules. And mm-hmm. hopefully at, at, at events, and I don't know if they did it this one, but most events that we go to, there's a first-timers meeting uh, at the beginning of the yeah. And there they go down, the here's, don't touch other people's property. That's, don't you step know, into their place space. Don't step don't into touch, their place space, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So I, but the tricky bit is, right? Yeah. 
what's the uh, what's the protocol for this bedroom? That we're podcasting in between exactly. podcaster and podcastee. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we don't I'm a virgin podcaster, so <laughs> I have no. You didn't read exactly. the waiver. It's <laughs> underpants <laughs> only <laughs> podcast. What? It's underpants only. Oh. Yes. Well, how come no one else? Oh, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I would put my bare bottom right on the, I know. the ottoman, which is probably not That's, okay. The hotel does not consent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, I do have one more question for you guys, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Yes. The, the last night, the five of you yeah. were in the middle of a scene, and you were the kind of the centerpiece, Mara, of the scene. Hooray! At least the part that we yeah. And so one of the hot. people, I don't, now one of the people, do you know the other, I know I don't want to use a person's name, it's not appropriate, yes. we'll call this person B. Do you know B from previous experience? Or no. B, B just dropped in. Can I share a little bit about the foursome and uh, oh, yes, our please. relationship? Yes. Um, so w- while we are coupled with our persons, you know, Mara and Jesse and Garrett and I, we are also what Mara affectionately <laughs> calls a big incestuous family in the sense that we are lovers as a foursome and we are family to each other and really, really dear friends and we share a lot of our lives together. We're not a quad, mm-hmm. but we are firmly committed to loving one another and being in relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. And so, somebody else should take it away with how we met B. Uh, we met them here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I thought they were attractive, and we had talked about that some uh, during opening ceremony, and I totally have a little bit of, like, starfucker... <laughs> Keep going, you're fine. I would like to knock it on that path of talking about their position here. Yeah, fair enough. Ah, uh, thank you. And yeah. so I had just said, oh, I, I mm-hmm. like your energy. I think you're really cute. And look at your cute glasses. And are you planning on playing? And I said, I don't know. And I said, well, if you are, you know, I would be super interested in some kind of negotiation. I feel really flexible about what that could look like, but I just am really interested in playing with you in any capacity that you'd be interested in doing the, that. The thing that struck me watching the five of you play last night was, A, the, you didn't have to tell me that the four of you have some kind of a relationship together. I don't know, didn't know the terminology, but clearly energetically, mm-hmm. you guys dance very well together. Mm-hmm. And you've obviously, you're, you're used to it. And by the way, I had no thoughts after watching that that you were anything of a not uh, hetero person. You clearly, uh, energetically, right. uh-huh. are equally attracted or attracted to yeah. people. Right? Not Too bad that no, <laughs> I mean, walking down the streets. I mean, it's a positive thing that walking down the street people don't uh, see me in that light in some ways. But yeah. It is what it is. Right. But the, the, uh, the interesting thing to me, the very nice thing was that not only the dance that the four of you, but bringing in someone that you didn't know, and mm-hmm. they just fit right in, and they flowed through the dance mm-hmm. and into the dance. And that's very fascinating. That says a lot about your energy, the energy that you've got mm-hmm. with each other, the confidence that you've got with each other, mm-hmm. and that you can open that up and let someone else come in. I have to, I, I will tell you, uh, quite honestly, I was a little jealous. Mm-hmm. How, what a wonderful thing that was to be able to open that up. Don and I have very psychotic scenes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, outside, they appear sweetly psychotic. But to be able to dance like that with anybody other than Dawn, I find quite challenging for mm-hmm. myself. Which dance, yeah. dance you were. Yeah, yes. 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 literally. Yes. Yes. Oh, we were actually dancing. Yes. 
<laughs> we found the perfect piece of dungeon equipment for us last night. The huge fucking speaker. Right. <laughs> that was all we needed. So I just wanted to compliment you on that. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like? Oh, if you want more information about me or about us or about my thing or a book or your pet fish or a book. Uh. <laughs> I don't think so. I feel okay. very grateful. Look for us at a play party near you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hot foursome. And we'll, and we'll see you at the movies. Really? <laughs> Thank you much, guys. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a donation to the podcast for the opening front bump. And your words will reach listeners around the world. World. Bargain. What a bargain. What a bargain. Contact us at dayandandawn at eroticawakening.com. Did you know you can buy the new highly acclaimed book, Living MS by Dan and Dawn? I need to add the second book on here. Or Sex Stories and Power Exchange, their newest book. Or support them by buying Erotic Awakening t-shirts, messenger bags, or coffee mugs. All items can be found by simply visiting the shop and support page on the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Music heard on Erotic Awakening. The opening is White Knight, mm-hmm. a song called Free. Mm-hmm. And the end of the song is from Pocket Universe, a song called Wimp. You can find that at and other music specifically designed and crafted for sensual to dynamic video some scenes at www.pocketuniversemusic.com. <laughs> Time for the candy. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>